Hey everyone and welcome to episode 16 of the Audience Please podcast with me, your host, Adam. Um, so in this episode, this is one of the live interviews I've been doing during lockdown and I caught up with Ed from Berlin-based band Heads. And this was done a few weeks ago, uh, just before the release of their new album, uh, Push. And Push is absolutely fantastic, definitely worth checking out if you've not heard it. Um, so I saw them for the first time a couple of years ago when they were over with a US band called Hawes. And Heads, for me, as a three-piece, they produce such a thunderous sound. So I was really buzzing to talk to Ed um, about the new album and his favourite gigs played live and his favourite gigs as a fan as well. I know I discovered a, a few bands because of this conversation Apologies for the sound quality, by the way. It was done over Zoom, and because Ed was in Melbourne, um, there's a huge time delay at points. Um, thanks to my main man, David, who has edited this the best best he can, but there, there might be dips in audio at points. Um, if you do like this episode, please go like, subscribe, and review on all the platforms. And just last thing before we kick into the episode, I've got some teas. Um, that I've made up, that are up on Bandcamp. Um, you can find the link in on the Facebook page on the shop tab. And at five pounds from every shirt goes to Black Minds Matter. So I've got a few left. Um, so if you fancy one of those, go and pick one up. Anyway, enjoy the episode, guys, and I'll see you next time. Boy. <laughs> How you doing, mate? Sorry about that. <laughs> how are you? I'm good, mate. How are you? How is uh, how is lockdown treating you at the moment? Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, it could be worse, you know. It's been a couple of months yeah. in, in Melbourne, in Mooney Ponds, and but it's been a pretty productive time for us. So it's been good. Nice. Sort of it. Yeah. 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 I think. Uh, the thing that I keep saying is like to everybody I speak to, especially in bands, is like you just have to adapt and evolve in these times and make yourself as productive productive as possible without going absolutely crazy. Um, I know yeah. like stuff with the podcast, it's just like do some live streams, do a pub quiz and stuff like that. So um, yeah, so thanks for coming on, man. Um, there's uh, probably some people who are tuning in that haven't listened to the podcast before. So hi to those people that are tuning in or watching back. Um, if you are new to the, the podcast, please do go and check it out. I've had other guests that I know me and Ed both like, like Falco from McCluskey and Future Left and Dev from Idols. So go and check out those interviews as well. Um, but I suppose, Ed, for, for the people in the UK, because I know you've only been over a couple of times, um, just, I suppose, describe heads to uh, to those guys um, what, where how it all started, what your inspirations as a band 
Yeah. Um, so we're a three-piece. Uh, Chris and Nick couldn't make it today, unfortunately. They're both in Germany. They both had to work and stuff. Uh, I'm in Australia at the moment. And we started the band in 2014. Um, I moved to Berlin from Melbourne, chasing uh, better opportunities for music, more touring opportunities, better schnitzels, and uh, formed a band with Chris, the bass (laughs) And we had a different drummer at that time, a guy called Peter, Peter Fochtman. Uh, so we started the band 2014, and it's it's a a post punk noise rock kind of rock band, basically somewhere around there. Uh, put out our debut record in 2015 on This Charming Man Records in Europe, and Heart of the Rat Records, which is based in Australia. Toured, played shows with bands like Mets and people like this. Uh, 2018, we put out a full-length album called Collider in the US, Europe and Australia and toured all over the place, went to England a couple of times and we're now about to put out our third (laughs) record uh, called Push. Comes out on May 29th on Glitterhouse Records. Comes out in a week. which is a bit more yeah. the previous two records yeah. were a bit summer, I guess, and this one's a bit faster, a bit more angry, noisy post punk kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So 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 going back to how you sort of came together, um the other guys, I mean, the two original members in Heads, um, they were part of the Ocean Collective, right? So how did you guys sort of cross paths? Yeah, so I I had sort of just arrived in Berlin and I was looking for musicians to start a, start a new project with. Um, and I, I grew up in Melbourne, always played music in Melbourne, always played music with friends or people I knew through the scene. I was part of the scene, you know, involved. And But in Berlin, I didn't really know many people. So I was looking to start a band, looking for musicians, and a, a friend's uh, boyfriend, a German guy, was like, go on Craigslist. You know, there's heaps of musicians on Craigslist. And I had a bit of a chip on my shoulder. I was a bit like, ah, oh, man, Craigslist, come on, like, you know. This. And he was like, no, nah, do it. There's really good musicians on there. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, I listened to him, and, like, I went on Craigslist probably later that day, saw a post from Chris who was playing in the Ocean Collective at the time and they were in the middle of a pretty extensive world tour. They were going through China and Mexico and like on the road for months, three, four months kind of thing. And he was looking for a different outlet, something something else to do. Uh, yeah, I saw this post, listened to some of his stuff, and it was perfect, the way he played bass and the kind of riffs he was writing. So I sent him some of my stuff, and we just clicked musically. And we started writing ideas and sending things back and forth, you know, before we even knew each other, really. And Peter at that time was the, uh, like, backline road crew for the band, yeah. 
and Peter heard, I guess, what we were doing and wanted to get involved and turned out to be a really good drummer. Uh, he now plays in the ocean and he's a bit too busy for us, unfortunately. <laughs> but, yeah, I understand. Uh, yeah, so it was like a completely chance meeting on Craigslist and we had no mutual contacts whatsoever, you know. So it was completely random. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, well, that, that's, yeah, that's, that's amazing to hear that because, like you say, um, usually when you're, you're in a scene or anything, so think about, like, the scenes here, you meet people, you come across people, an idea comes along and it, it sort of naturally grows. Uh, you might jam or whatever, but it's interesting you met through uh, Craigslist of all things because, like you say, when everybody thinks of Craigslist, they think of, like, dodgy dealings and... Uh, <laughs> but, I, um, God. I just tried to uh, sell a car on Craigslist in the US about... You know, a month before this, I was trying to sell a Cadillac in Boston. It's a long story. And it was so many scammers. Like, it was just nine out of ten people were just trying to scam me out of this car. So I had a, I had a bit of a mistrust for it. Uh, much more uh, trustworthy Craigslist in Berlin, if anyone's wondering. <laughs> nice. So, yeah, going back to... Um uh, the new album Push obviously really want to talk about that so we've heard a um, couple of singles Weather Beaten and Push You Out to Sea which are great mate um, and actually Patrick who sent a message in so thanks uh, Patrick um, he was saying that like, every album you've had so far has got a very distinct sound self-titled has a very hi-fi production almost plays like an electronic album um, and then Collider's a bit dirtier in complex compositions. So, yeah, I suppose what, what are we expecting to hear in, like, the, the new album? Is it a change in direction for you guys? Is there going to be any, like, sort of nice surprises at all? Uh, hopefully, yeah. <laughs> I think it's, a, it's definitely a kind of change of direction for us. Um, we've got a new drummer on board for this record, a guy called Nick Stockman. Um, and it's definitely pushes a faster album and it's a bit more of a bogan album and it's a bit of an angrier album, I guess. Um, these songs are like the stuff on Collider, we spent two to three years writing those songs. Um, took a really long time with everything, got in there, worked out details, complex composition stuff I spent uh, like writing the lyrics for that record probably took me a year and a half or something just slowly whittling things down um, yeah and whereas this record is uh, it's we put it together really quickly so we wrote the 10 songs that are on it we wrote them in a, probably two to three months I think maximum and they're very much songs that are that are played together in a room, they're faster, they're, they're made to play live. Because we met on Craigslist and, and our old drummer Peter lived in Hamburg and we're all over the place and everyone's touring and different projects and stuff. With our old stuff, we used to write most of our music 
on Dropbox folders. We'd send ideas. Someone had added, you know, a bass line. Someone had added a drum beat, whatever. And, you know, we'd write all our music on Dropbox, get together at some point for a week and just try and smash everything out. Whereas now the three of us are sort of living in Berlin most of the time. So we're actually getting together in a room like a real band, you know, eating pizza and drinking a beer and, and writing songs. <laughs> it's, it's, and I think you can hear that, you know, the songs that they've just played live and they're, they're a bit more energetic. They're a bit more exciting in terms of their, yeah. their, their energy level. Yeah, so it's like a, you'd say, yeah, definitely like a change in dynamic then. Um, yeah, and I suppose, yeah, when you when you get three people actually in a room and jamming stuff out, um, you can sort of work out the, the kinks, I suppose, in a song um, a lot easier rather than writing over Dropbox. It must have been very challenging to do that, like almost having to be too harsh over, over Dropbox going, hey, man, uh, can we change this up? And you'd be like, oh, no, I, I really like that riff um, or, or whatever. But, yeah, it's, it's good to hear that the, the dynamic um, and, the, and the chemistry, uh, I suppose, more more natural. We, we'll probably hear that um, in the album. Is there any, um, other than the two uh, singles that have come out, is there any other sort of standout tracks for you that... Um, We'll hear next week. Uh, yeah, there's, there's, the album has like a, uh, like the the bread on a sandwich kind of thing. So there's a there's a song, the opening <laughs> track and the closing track uh, are based on a, a sample that Chris wrote on his bass, and it's this big mechanical industrial pretty brutal bass loop feedback sample thing. Um, and so it's that exact same riff to start and close the record. And the, oh, amazing. And then I, I, uh, I basically, like a riff on top of it vocally. And then we got Christoph Hahn who plays in Swans he plays slap steel on the first version, and then um, we got someone else. I've, I've forgotten his name. That's terrible. It'll come to me in a minute. But guys uh, <laughs> from Eisenfarter is playing guitar on the on the same track on the end of the record. So it's just really oh nice. It's like I feel like it's quite special in that. They're two very different songs, but they're totally connected and they join the whole record together. And lyrically, I call back and forward between the two songs. So it's like, I think that's something that's that's people should enjoy, hopefully. That's, yeah, that's a, a really nice. I like when um, bands have that, they look at an album as a whole um, and definitely having that sort of running theme. But that, mate, that sounds really exciting. I'm excited to hear that. Um, actually, I was going to ask about um, Christoph from Swans. How did that come about? Because when I, when I saw you post that, whenever it was like a month ago or so, I was just like, oh, my God. Um, obviously, Swans for me are a huge band. Um, yeah, so I suppose how did that come around, man? 
That was that was super exciting. Um, we were discussing, like, we basically wrote the record together in our in our studio space in Berlin, and we're getting ready to record it. And we discussed as a band who we'd like to bring on as guests, because that's a, a thing that we've done with every record is that we bring in a few people to do some guest spots. So we started discussing what kind of instruments we'd like and who we'd like to come on. And I can't remember who, but someone someone said, let's try um, Christoph from Swans because we, we know that he lives in Berlin and get some lap steel on the record. Um, so we have, there's a guy called Busty Grimm and he takes uh, a lot of our photos for us and he does, does a lot of our video stuff for us. Um, he plays drums in a band called Neander and a band called Earthship, both really good bands. Check them out. So Busty's the drummer in, in those bands. We've toured with him and stuff, and he takes heaps of photos and he's an amazing photographer as well. And he, he was in the studio with us doing some footage and taking some photos. He was like, oh, I know someone who knows someone who knows, uh, you know, Christoph Hahn. He's like, I'll get you the email. <laughs> Within within a couple of hours, he had an email address for me, and I wrote. And then within 24 hours, Christoph wrote back and said, "Yeah, cool, I'm in." And then two days later, he was in the studio with his lap steel recording over our music. So that was that was one of those ones that just by chance worked out. And I'm really excited for people to hear it because I think what he's put on there is just incredible like it's just he's just got such an incredible ability to feel with that instrument and the the emotion that comes through when he's playing was just absolutely perfect for the song so yeah yeah oh man yeah yeah that's that's super exciting yeah like i said swans i mean i think you hit the nail on the head like swans uh their music is like a it's just like a force basically it's it's incredible it's incredible i remember seeing swans back uh, in iceland actually at the last all tomorrow's parties uh and even though it was quite a big stage they were playing on uh in like an aircraft hangar you, you just stood in the crowd and you it's like bands like god speaky black emperor bands like that and you're just like oh my god you don't know what's hit you <laughs> when uh, when swans play but yeah that'll be uh, really exciting to hear man um, so yeah, I mean that's. I'm really, really buzzing about the the new record, mate. The the two two singles, Weatherbeat and then Push You Out to Sea, sound fantastic. So um, yeah, for the people listening in, um, yeah, it comes out next week. It's up for pre order and stuff at the moment, um, and definitely recommend getting your hands on a, on a copy if any, if the previous albums are anything to go by. Um, so let's crack on with the, the last bit of the, the podcast. And I know we were chatting about it before we went live. Quite excited to talk about this. So um, let's talk about like your top three gigs played, um, either in Heads or other bands that you've played in uh, in the past. Um, yeah, what are some of the top ones, most exciting moments for you? This was... Yeah, it was it was hard, quite hard to choose, and it was a fun it was a really fun experience getting to do this. Like, it really, I was able to think back and um, yeah, got the memories going 
thought of all this all this stuff from the past. It was it was good. It was a blast. So it's, hard, <laughs> it's hard to pick a top three shows played because it's it's so based on like feeling and the feeling in the room and like you just never know. Like sometimes we get off stage and we feel like, oh, that wasn't very good. And then everyone in the audience is like, that was awesome. Or maybe the other way around where I get off stage, like I nailed it tonight. That was so good. And then people, you know, whatever. I see video footage later or something. <laughs> oh, that was terrible. But, uh, so it's purely based on, you know, feeling. But uh, <laughs> I this one was cool. We played... In after we released Collider, we toured the US and then we toured Europe with Hawes, um, where I think we met at the show in Bristol on that tour, actually. Um, yeah. And uh, so we toured with Hawes and the first show of that tour for us was in Paris and uh, I just distinctly remember coming out to play and sort of walking out of the backstage onto the stage. And, like, there'd been a bit of a buzz about, you know, the album and stuff and, like, people were buying it in France and we were getting pretty good coverage in France. But we got – we walked off the backstage and came onto stage to play as the support band. So usually as the support band, the audience – half the audience are like, oh, yeah, and the other half are outside. (laughs) And uh, but this show was the first show of that tour and we, we walked on stage and the audience were waiting for us, you know. They were just packed, absolutely packed up to the front of the stage. And then it was like, okay, this is like there's something happening here, you know, and people are interested in what we're doing. Um, so that one really sticks out as like a sort of – it just feels differently if the crowd care. Like if they're there to see yeah. you and, and they know the songs and they're invested, it feels it feels incredible. Um, it's making me realise how much I miss playing shows right now. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, talking about um, support bands, that, like being the support band and. Uh, like I remember when like, talking about idols again. I mean, they, well, I always talk about them on this podcast. But when John supported them in Europe, and I went out, funny enough, to see them in Berlin, and that it was towards the end of the tour, and I'd heard some stuff from the guys, and they were like, "Yeah, like the crowd's been all right with us. Like there's good nights and bad nights, but obviously they're here to see idols." But I remember that Berlin show. Uh, it was SO36, great venue, absolutely superb venue. And, like, when John came on stage, it was just like, oh, my God, the venue's packed for them. And it was such – and I went down the front to obviously give them some support, and I was like, they don't need me down the front for some support. Like, it was going nuts down the front. So, yeah, like, it's really – I suppose it's really nice when the support band gets – gets so much attention from from the crowd like when you're not expecting it as well yeah totally because yeah sometimes it really works and then like often you got to win them over depending on who the band is and closely your music aligns as well like sometimes it's like oh cool yeah we get this great 
show or this great tour opening for someone else. But then once you actually get on stage, it's like, okay, we have to actually, we have to actually win the crowd over now. It's not always easy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that tour was, that tour was pretty good. There's always times, there's always a few shows where you have to, you really have to like, the band has to like band together and all right, we've got to, you know, we've got to do this. Well, you, you won, you won me over in Bristol, mate. So you, uh, so you got a few fans on that tour for sure. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, going on to, yeah, going, yeah, going on to your, uh, next one. What, what else have you got for top shows you've played? So this is a show I did as a as a one-off. Only only uh, only time this is ever going to happen. So me and I just got married in December um, to my wife Rosa, and we got married in Las Vegas in the states on our way to Australia. Um, and we were we were set up to play a, a show at the Zebulon in LA, which is a really awesome venue. Um, and it was like a one night only thing. And Rosa is a musician as well. She's a singer and bass player and songwriter. And she uh, often tours with a woman called Josephine Foster. I don't know if you know Josephine Foster. Um, so Rosa often plays in Josephine. Yeah, yeah. So Josephine asked us to come and join her on stage uh, at the Zebulon in LA like two days after we got married. So we put together a set, um, called ourselves the Honeymooners and basically drove from Vegas to LA in two days, rehearsing in motel rooms, rehearsing in the middle of Death Valley National Park, put a set together. I bought a bunch of guitars at um, Guitar Centre in Las Vegas with the plan to return them to Guitar Centre in LA. So bought all these pedals and like all this <laughs> stuff. Um, got to LA, got up there to do the show. Rosa comes on stage in a wedding dress. We called ourselves the Honeymooners. Oh, amazing. <laughs> called ourselves the Honeymooners for one night only and we couldn't do anything wrong. Like that's like if only I could play every show having just got married because you say that in the mic and then, <laughs> yeah. it was it was cool and then we joined Josephine's band and I was learning sort of trying to learn the songs as well like playing uh, slide guitar which I've never really played before so I'm in motel rooms listening to Josephine's songs trying to figure out how to do it and it's pretty interesting guitar stuff as well. Um, but it was a really, yeah, it was a really beautiful experience and Josephine's music is, um, very, it's like, it's very delicate and very well put together, but also very free. So being on stage with her and, and her band was a really amazing experience because, I could screw up a little bit on the slide guitar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was cool. And uh, David, I can't remember his name, David Paho from Slint, is it? I think. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. was yeah. in the audience, which was a real buzz for me as well because I, 
I grew up driving around in my car with slim CDs on repeat. Um, so to play a show in LA, look out and there's David David from Slim. That was that was a good buzz. Yeah, uh, that's. Um, I suppose that's like a, a once in a lifetime story as well. I don't think there's many people that can tell that story of. I've, I've just driven from Las Vegas to LA after getting married to play a show whilst rehearsing motel rooms. Like it just. That, I remember seeing the photos on your social media, and I was like, "Damn, I just want your life right now, just for that, just for that moment." <laughs> it was beautiful. I, yeah. Yeah, and I, I love that area of the world as well. Like Laura and I um, went to, we did a whole drive around there. So we went LA, Vegas, Joshua Tree, and then back to LA. So yeah, that's that's our area of the world, man. Like Joshua, have you ever been to Joshua Tree before as well? We didn't. We didn't make it, unfortunately. No. Oh. Yeah, yeah. When you go back, you've got to go Joshua Tree, man. Go to Pappy and Harriet's. Uh, go and eat some ribs there, and go to like Country Kitchen. Just go, go to the land of Queens of the Stone Age and Caius, basically. <laughs> I'm gonna write this down. What is it? Pappy and Pappy and Harriet's. Nice. Pappy and Harriet's. So Pappy and yeah, look it up. Pappy and Harriet's. Um, it's a venue as well, and it's. It's incredible. They've held gigs for like the Pixies there. I think like Paul McCartney's played there. Like it's uh it's an interesting uh interesting venue. So when you go back and you'd love you'd love it out there. So anyway, going on to the uh yeah, I digress. Uh going on to the last uh gig that you've played, um it's in your top three. Tricky, but uh I'm gonna say opening we opened for daughters in Cologne. Um, which I was I was really amped to see them play because um, that record is just so incredible. So I was I was probably more keen to see them play than to actually play the show uh, myself, actually. But that was just a that was just a that was the only time we played with them, and I feel like the, the that lineup definitely worked. So that audience was sort of on our side from the beginning, felt like. And it was also our first show with Nick as the new drummer. So playing this sort of fairly large packed venue in Cologne with a, with Nick doing his first show, absolutely smashing it on the drums. Like just did a great job. The audience was liking it. Got to see Daughters. It was, it was cool. Yeah. Yeah. And you, yeah, you don't you don't really beat daughters for a for a live show. Um, yeah, I think I've seen them three times on this album cycle so far, and like every time, it's just absolutely brutal. Like when they yeah. uh, when they played the uh, was it the first London show? I think it was when they played Boss Music Room, no Tucknell Park Dome, and uh, Alexis was whipping himself with a belt like part way through uh, the set it was just uh, yeah pretty brutal <laughs> it's good it's good to see some real punk front person stuff is still just as powerful you know 2020 yeah. it still has just as much power to see someone up there just really just feeling it and just being a bit of a menace 
<laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, this uh, the other London show as well. I remember he was having problems with his mic, and uh, he just started like throwing it on and like throwing it on the stage, smashing it up, and then basically the whole of that set, the mic was fucked, but no one cared because it was Alexis in daughters and just him being angry at, at the mic and just ruining it. And everyone's like, yeah, the mic sounds like shit, but fuck it. <laughs> I think they started selling those mics at the merch desk as well. Um, really? I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure I remember talking to him after the show and he was saying like, yeah, every time that they, destroy you know every time he destroys a mic they probably have a life of about six days with that guy <laughs> then they then it goes on the merch desk and goes for sale and they get another one it's kind of genius yeah yeah that's a, that's a, that's a good uh, good uh, merch ploy for sure cool so uh going into the last bit man um top three gigs been to as a fan now Obviously, we've already covered bands like Slint and Daughters, so I'm really buzzing to hear what your top gigs are. I know we were talking about gigs you went to when you were a kid, so uh, this will be really interesting. In, in Australia, it's like we still, even even now, we still don't get everyone touring through, you know, because it's just not affordable for most bands. So Metallica will tour here, but, you know... Oars, oh, they were due to tour here actually this year, but yeah, the mid-size and lower-size bands, it gets almost impossible for them to get out of here. Um, you almost have to have a promoter that loves your band who's then going to you know, bring, them, bring them out and pay for everything. So we, like, we still don't get all the bands touring through. And like as a kid, for sure, like to see big touring acts was just felt like a huge deal, like more yeah. of a big deal than it would be in Europe or North America. Um, so, yeah, it's, it was formative. I, one that really, really stands out is seeing at the drive-in in like 2001-ish. Oh, like nice. Which for me personally just absolutely changed the way that I thought about how to do music, how to perform on stage, how to feel it while you're performing. Um, like it just fucking blew my mind that band. Yeah. Was it quite um, was it quite a big show or was it a club show? It was at a there was a festival that ran in Australia every summer called Big Day Out and they were one of the main oh, yeah. yeah they were like the main event that was bringing out um, most of the people that I wanted to see as a teenager so this was at there was like an outdoor thing in the middle of summer in Australia but on one of the smaller side stages so I got right up the front really early and it just it fucking blew my mind. The way they acted on stage, the, it was like pure energy, just absolutely smacking you in the face from the, like the, the moment they started. Like that was that just completely changed everything for me, seeing that band. I've listened to the record now, like recently, yeah. and it 
for me personally, hasn't aged that well. Or maybe I haven't aged that well. I don't know. But <laughs> <laughs> at that time, it was it was just incredible. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I'm gutted that I never saw them back in the day, as it were. Uh, I've seen them two or three, no, about three times since obviously their later Reformation. And yeah, out of driving personally for me, again, really important band. Um, um, what's the name of the album? The really famous album, I can't remember now. But um, yeah, that was a big album for me growing up. But yeah, they're, the three times I've seen them, they've been a kind of a mixed bag live. Like, I, when we saw them at the Roundhouse, they were superb. They were really on point. Like they played really well. But I suppose they didn't have that same energy that they usually do. And then one of the other times I saw them at Brixton Academy, I think it was, they had the energy, but they just didn't sound great <laughs> at all. And it was kind of, yeah, bit bit of a bit of a letdown um, to be honest. But yeah, I, I would have loved to have seen them in in that moment, like. 2000, 2001, where I suppose they were fresh. They were obviously a lot younger. They probably didn't care as much. So that's why they were a little bit more destructive on stage. Like you see the videos, like they played um, on later, later with Jules Holland, which is a, t- I don't know if you know the TV show here in, in the UK where they get bands on to play like three songs live. And uh, yeah, they were destructive <laughs> in this like nice little BBC studio. Um, and like people just stood there like in the crowd just going who the fuck are these guys kind of thing <laughs> nice yeah it was wild that was that was a wild band in 2001 completely yeah mind blowing yeah. me and my the band I was in at the time shout out to Downgrade uh, we like, we guess we kind of tried to replicate them a little bit after that and <laughs> I'm glad there's no video footage of that Oh, surely we can dig something out. Is there is there, is there anything online like recorded or anything? It, it's too. We were too young and it's too long ago. Yeah, we, oh. doesn't really exist. There's CDs somewhere, like you know, like <laughs> CDs that I burnt myself to try and sell at shows. I'd burn fifty copies in the computer would take all day, and then I'd cut <laughs> them out with scissors and try and slide them in. They looked like crap anyway. It was that kind of style. <laughs> I'm sure there's series yeah. around, but that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Uh, yeah. So, what are the other what are the other two shows that uh, like really impacted for you, man? Um, so, around about the same time, I also at this big day out festival actually, because like when I started thinking about this and thinking about these shows, it was this kind of. For me, this time when I was a teenager, going to this huge festival with all these bands from all over, it was just such a formative thing um, and quite a unique thing in Australia. It kind of happened once a year. Like you sort of waited as a teenager, you waited for summer and then you splashed out all the cash you'd saved to go to this one festival. So I saw uh, another band at possibly the same year definitely around the same kind of time and so I'm walking through the crowd with my buddies or whatever and it's a big outdoor kind of deal and I can just hear this insane industrial like a machine you know 
It's like nothing I've ever heard before as well. It's this fucking, it's just this machine. It's like a train starting. I don't know, it's weird. <laughs> and like, what, the, what the fuck is that? You know, this is amazing. So we sort of like we're a bunch of like long-haired stone teenagers. And we're like, oh, yeah, let's go and have a look. So we stumble over and look up on stage and it's like this fucking steampunk uh, industrial factory on stage and the singer's walking around and he's got like a, a giant six-foot metal dick strapped to himself with flames shooting out the end. I'm like, what the, what the hell is, what is this? Uh, as Ramstein. Uh, of course it was. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, one day I'm going to live in Germany. One day I'm going to move to Berlin. Is this what it's, if this is what it's like, I want in. Yeah. Yeah. Ramstein. Oh yeah. I, yeah. And then and then you turn up to Germany and you realise not everyone uh, walks around with giant penises and flamethrowers. Well, I suppose you, you there's that there's that video uh, that famous video of the um, big butch guy in like leather trousers and a harness like going down the road to like EDM music. Techno. <laughs> yeah. 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 Techno it's still yeah yeah it's like um yeah i remember like coming over for queens of stone age actually once um going to the zitadel and going out for a night out afterwards and actually going around the streets you're like yeah it can get pretty crazy in berlin like late at night actually after that idol show um went to like a couple of bars afterwards and yeah do you like the the Berlin nightlife, man? Actually, if everything goes to shit with Brexit, um, I'll I'll happily move to Berlin. Come over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's still cool. what, still famous. Yeah. Cool. What's your what's your last show, man? And then we'll uh, and we'll wrap it up. Mm, I'm sort of changing my mind all the time as we speak. Um, I'm going to say, so uh, I came back to Australia like this one's more recent, so probably three or four years ago in summer I came back and I flew in and the next day a buddy of mine was playing, he plays in a band called Cash Savage and The Last Drinks, which is this really nice kind of really awesome Aussie rock stuff. It's just super cool. Um and he was playing an outdoor show somewhere in Melbourne, he invited me to come down. So I went down and uh, watched the Cash Savage and the Last Drinks show, which was killer, like super, super cool. Um, but I'd seen him a few times before and stuff. Next band comes on and it's this like big outdoor uh, in the middle of a sort of art gallery thing in Melbourne, sun shining, summer day. It's beautiful. Next band comes on and it's just this like, again, this massive energy, just unbelievable guitar playing, like whammy bar to the, within an inch of its life kind of wrestling guitar shit. I'm like, I know this, that's, this is so familiar. I know this song. I look over and it's the drones, but it's not the drones anymore. I had no idea, but they the drones didn't exist anymore and they changed their name to Tropical Fuckstorm. And I guess it was probably one of their earlier shows. 
with a, an all new band um, with the drummer from High Tension, different guitar player, um, and they yeah it just completely ripped. It was just it's just wild. And I think watching, I've seen the drones play a few times now, and. Tropical Fuckstorm is a similar experience. It's kind of, it is kind of like a religious experience, um, <laughs> purely because the band rips so hard. You know, it's just yeah. so. You sort of don't. It's hard to. It's hard to understand what you're witnessing. Like it's just so yeah. much power in front of you. It's almost like I almost want to like. Pray to the <laughs> pray to oh, the I've, I've I've never I've never heard of them. Is there anyone you'd compare them to? But it, it sounds like they'd be hard to uh, compare someone to. Yeah, I they're a bit of a they're a bit of they're kind of their own animal. Um, definitely go check out the drones or Tropical Fuckstorm. It sits somewhere within. Aussie pub rock, noise rock, beat poetry. I don't know. It's like it's since summer. <laughs> the singer is a guy called Gareth Lydiard, and he is an absolute wordsmith. Um, it has a very specific Australian flavour to a lot of yeah to a lot of the lyrics and the, the general style of the music, um, and it's a lot of like pretty epic storytelling and it's also a lot of fitting as many words as possible into one line as possible um, <laughs> in, in a pretty impressive way at times. Definitely worth definitely worth checking out. And he is also, Gareth is also just an unbelievable guitar player. He plays a, a Fender Jaguar uh, and he just rips a a whammy bar like no one I've seen. It's just him. He just he's wrestling the guitar the whole show, and it's pretty powerful. Yeah, sounds it sounds like um, you've heard of Arc Tangent Festival in the UK um, that I go to every year. It sounds like them. Well, actually, you guys as well should play that. But uh, they sound like a very Arc Tangenty band, like just a bit crazy and noisy and. Like you say, a bit of a religious experience. I've had a few of those at Arc Tangent before, just discovering like a. It's like it's like watching Boris for the first time, and like Boris, man, like that was just epic. And it was, yeah. but the the only, the only thing about the first time I saw Boris at Arc Tangent, it was mid afternoon, so it wasn't dark, and they had their full light show, and then it was like these three, obviously like three or four like hooded beings coming coming on stage and it was like this is a bit weird mid-afternoon <laughs> druids druids in the sunlight it doesn't have quite yeah yeah exactly um well that those were really great stories man and um actually uh if you can make a list of all those bands that you've mentioned and send them over to me i'll probably yeah. knock up a play playlist together and uh put it online because there's a lot of stuff that I, i've not heard of there um, yeah, it's really great to have you on, man, um, and really nice to catch up. Um, 
and I hope the the people that have been watching, there's a few people watching, have enjoyed this. Uh, sorry for the slight delay it, between me and Ed, so it's been a bit clunky. But um, yeah, it's been really good, man. I hope you've enjoyed it as well. I did. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's nice to see you. And this was a really this was a really cool experience. So thanks for having yeah. me. It's great. Yeah. And um, yeah, hopefully uh, I'll see you in person uh, sooner rather than later, maybe 2021. <laughs> Fingers crossed, touring again soon, hopefully. Yeah. And yeah, everyone that's listening, again, go and pre-order um, Head's new album, Push. Um, it's out next week and this will go up on Spotify pretty soon. Um, yeah, thanks, Ed. Have a good one, man. And um, yeah, we'll catch up again soon. Sounds good. Take it easy. Enjoy. All right, pal. Uh, Bye. See you, buddy.